All right, today's episode is really close to my heart. So it's with Solomon Birchfield, who is the program director at New Beginnings in Northwest Arkansas. New Beginnings is a place that helps people who have a background of homelessness get back on their feet. And we'll be talking about what New Beginnings is doing and and what we can do for the homeless problem. All right. I am Taylor Bledsoe, and this is Aiming for the Moon podcast, where I interview interesting people from a teenage perspective. If you like what you hear today, please rate the podcast and subscribe. And if you want to check out more of what I'm doing, go to aimingforthemoon.com, where my behind-the-scenes newsletter will be linked. And you can follow us at Aiming for Moon on Insta and Twitter. And with that, enjoy the show. Well, welcome, Mr. Birchfield, to the interview. Thank you so much for coming on. Thank you, Taylor. It's a pleasure to be here. So you are the program director of a place called New Beginnings. Can you tell us what that is and what the mission of New Beginnings is? Yeah, New Beginnings is a community in Fayetteville, Arkansas. It's composed of about 20 to 24 people who have uh, homelessness in their background. And so they come to New Beginnings as a place to begin recovering from that. Uh, it's a mostly resident-operated, resident-governed community, which is maybe the most unique thing about what we're doing here is the residents are really in charge. They create the rules. Um, they operate stuff. And then they get uh, support from a staff team that's always on site, too so that we can help make sure that the community stays safe and that we're supporting people with the social services that help them get connected to more permanent housing and look after their health and and reach their goals. For those who haven't seen what the Campus of New Beginnings looks like, can you describe it? We can post pictures on our Instagram, but what would you say to someone who is kind of trying to imagine it in their head? Yeah, it's not a huge community. It sits on about two acres. There are 20 individual cabins, we call them. Uh, they're made by a company called Pallet Shelters. And that we love that company because they employ people that previously had been homeless or had been incarcerated. And at the factory where they make these, uh, they're also providing employment opportunities. So there's 20 of those individual cabins. They're really small, about 13 foot by 10 foot. Inside, there's a bed and a chair. There's some shelves. Uh, There's air conditioning and heat in the cabin, and there's a way to charge your phone directly in the wall. So it's like a USB plug that goes straight into the wall. What people love about them is they have six windows. The ceilings are kind of high. You can lock the door from the inside. You can lock it with the key on the outside. And that's really important for folks who are um, transitioning out of homelessness because it lets them keep their stuff safe and just feel safe at night. Um, let's them keep their pet with them. Um, so there's 20 of those individual cabins. And then there's one big community building at the front. And that's where people can access showers and bathrooms, a kitchen, laundry facilities, computers. So it's kind of all the other stuff, the living room, the kitchen of a, of a standard home, like that's all shared by the 20 to 24 people. And then they always have that individual private space uh, to retreat back to for sleeping or just when they don't feel like being social. 
Yeah, it, so it basically gives people who are formerly homeless kind of a space for them to just relax and just a little bit of their own personal space. Is that a way to describe it? Yeah, totally. Place to relax. Let your guard down. Like I'll ask people sometimes, like, what does home mean to you? And a lot of people tell me home means I feel safe. Home means I let my guard down. I don't have to like be any certain kind of way. I can just chill. So that's kind of what that small space does is, is let someone experience that. A lot of folks who stay on the streets never get that safe feeling, that peace of mind feeling. So this, this lets them have that. What's the history of New Beginnings? How, how long has it been around and how has it kind of started? It's a pretty new organization. Um, there was a nonprofit in existence for many years here in Northwest Arkansas called serve NWA. And they sponsored a lot of projects that uh, like art in the park where folks sometimes that were homeless would be able to eat and, and have access to art supplies and just kind of have a time to gather and, and uh, experience community. That organization sponsored laundry love. We'll, we'll do like a free laundromat night um, where people can come and get laundry washed and dried for free so they they did kind of those things, and then they were looking to do something more impactful, directly related to, to people who need housing in Fayetteville. And that's what led to this spot. Uh, if you rewind a couple of years, this location actually had about 80 to 100 people camping outside in the woods. It wasn't a supported community, so I wouldn't say it was safe. I wouldn't say it was clean. But there were 80 to 100 people that didn't have homes that were just making do at this exact spot. And so we were able to buy a part of that land. And that's where New Beginnings sits today. Uh, it's taken several years to put it all together. Uh, we've had lots of conversations to, from the planning and building side to a lot of conversations with unsheltered people to talk about how should we design this? You know, what should it look like? How should it feel staying here? How are we going to keep it safe and clean? How should it operate? So it took a long time, but um, it's all been worth it. We've been open for the last six months. We opened in uh, the end of September of last year. Yeah, that's really great. When I visited the campus, um, I, gosh, I, I, can't, I don't remember if that was a month or like a few weeks ago, time's flown. Mm -hmm. uh, but it was it was really interesting because it was really nice. Um, the area inside the main community building was great. The cabins themselves seemed really interesting and nice. Uh, it was an interesting experience because oftentimes, at least for me, who doesn't know much about the homeless problem and things like that, I just think of shelters kind of sponsored by the community and the government and churches. Mm -hmm. What, how do you think we should tackle the rising homelessness in general? Is it education? Is it housing? Is it financial? How mm -hmm. do you think we can help prevent people from being homeless and then support the people who are homeless? That's a really good question. Um, and it involves all the things that you mentioned, right? It involves housing, it involves support services, it involves education, and maybe most importantly, it it requires a mindset that says, how do we prevent homelessness, not just how do we help people recover from homelessness? I usually say that homelessness really is a social failure, a lot more than an individual shortcoming. 
Uh, it's we need to, to do new things at the community level where we create budgets and pass laws. Uh, we need to invest in housing that's affordable. If you go back several decades, you see it in the United States that we uh, gutted our budgets that really built housing for low income households. And it was after that 80% reduction in investments in housing is, is some people go back to that beginning point to define the, the modern era of homelessness, where it's a widespread endemic to the whole country. So we need to reverse that. We need to turn around and make sure that there's housing that's affordable for everyone and that for people who need housing that also need support services to be stable in housing, they need a social worker, they need connection to counseling and healthcare and substance abuse treatment, like that people have those support services in place in their permanent home. So it seems to be that a lot of the problem that we have now with homelessness is an echo from past failed policies that maybe they didn't see immediately. But now that we've we're 40, 50 years past that, things have gone downhill in those areas. Would you agree with that? Is that am I assessing that correctly? I agree with that very much. Uh, the present present conditions are really the result of past actions. And so, yeah, we, we definitely deal today with the fallout of failed housing policy, failed health care systems, failed mental health care systems. And so to create a new future, we have to make decisions now that are going to create that, that future condition. And it, it does require making new investments in those very systems that are at the root of why we, we see so much homelessness now. If we can repair those systems and make them work for everybody, make them inclusive for everybody, make them universal, you know, and serve the common good, then we'll have a future without, without homelessness. Personally for you, why do you help out with New Beginnings? What got you involved and what gets, keeps you motivated to keep working on this? Hmm. I think it's the people. I've just met some really wonderful people. Uh, when I used to work at a, a a place that was like a day center where people that were homeless would come through to get, you know, take a shower, get a meal, get clothes. Um, I just always found I connected with the people who came through, the guests. Uh, some of the funniest people I've ever met are people that's, that live on the streets. Um, some of the most resourceful people. I love going to people's camps and seeing how they figured out how to live, how to get what they need, how to protect themselves from the elements or the animals, what have you. Um, really funny, just really resourceful people. I enjoy it. And once you get to know, you know, some of our neighbors don't have housing. And once you get to know those people, I think it's hard to back away. I, I, you know, I think it's in our human nature to care for each other. Um, and then it's in the best of our, you know, faith traditions and all to call us to be a neighbor, um, to show up for each other. So that just helps keep me motivated. I don't think that I'm like changing the world or saving anybody. Like, I really just think that, um, like I hope so many others, I'm looking at what's right in front of me and trying to, to show up in a way that that's a good neighbor. 
So the thing that seems to motivate you is the personal connection with people. You've had these experiences where you've gotten to know some of the people who are who are on the streets. Mm-hmm. And it's not just like a concept to you. It's like a personal thing because you have friends and you have people that you know who are also homeless that you've been helping. It That's really interesting because a lot of people don't have a lot of contact with people who are homeless and know them personally. Yeah, and, and that would help. Um change some of our social priorities if more people you know if your listeners uh would go and volunteer at the local homeless shelter or the local soup kitchen or a homeless drop-in center or day center i always say that experience is a gateway drug to empathy and then that's a gateway drug to action um so i hope that everyone takes that opportunity to go and uh, volunteer and get to know people who are struggling, who live at the margins of our society and put a face with a statistic so that we can then come back together and really reorganize things at the social level, like reorganize things that really recognizes everyone's full humanity. So we don't have so much suffering uh, and injustice in the world. How, how can people help, especially young people, my generation, a lot of people who listen to this podcast? What are things that high school students and college students can do that would help these communities and new beginnings? One thing I love seeing here in Fayetteville at the high school, there's a Homeless Awareness Day that the students mm-hmm. sponsor. Most schools have what's called a, a FIT coordinator. FIT stands for Families in Transition. And that's the uh, staff position at the school that usually is focused on helping uh, students who are uh, in transition, which is really a euphemism for they don't have their own home. They might be couch surfing or they they might be in a car or what Mm -hmm. have you. And so I love seeing that day of awareness that the students lead. They actually Mm -hmm. sleep outside. They do a little fundraiser. They, um, They set up outside the school and I don't know, 10 or 15 people, actually students sleep outside and the media comes. And, and so that's a great, just awareness building opportunity. We had some students drop off a hydroponic gardening system that cool. they built <laughs> in their shop class too. Like students have a lot of creativity and um, a lot of know-how from, from practical stuff like gardening to social mm-hmm. media stuff. I mean, we need help from your generation to figure out how to have an effective presence on social media, all platforms. That's a lot of where the social engagement mm-hmm. happens now. That's a lot of where the public narratives happen. So my encouragement for students is to think big and be bold. Like we really need not to tweak little things to change mm-hmm. in our society. My opinion, we really need to go to the root and make some fundamental changes in our society. So as the young generation steps up and becomes the adults, I hope that y'all keep your, uh, your vision big and help us really remake, you know, remake society in a way that's really Mm -hmm. inclusive. That's, that's really interesting. Um, Social media, as you were saying, is something that you see all, a lot of the movements and a lot of the awareness and news events all spread through there. Um, before I transition to the last two questions, do you know your so- the social medias in New Beginnings that people could follow and reach out to? Yeah, on Facebook, we're New Beginnings NWA. 
Uh, you can follow us there on Instagram. I think it's the same. I don't have in Instagram, but I believe it's New Beginnings in WA. And those are the only two uh, platforms that we're on now. We also have our website, which is in uh, newbeginningsnwa.org. Awesome. And as I hinted to, our last two questions are, what books have had an impact on you? Oh, it's such a hard question, Taylor. I knew this question was coming and it's still a really hard question. I love to read. So I read so many books. It's not that it's hard to pick one. It's it's not hard to pick. It's hard to pick one. Um, I love reading in like science. I love reading history. Um, I kind of have a mystical side to me. So I, I read some like mystics. There's a Christian mystic named Richard Rohr. Um, any book from him would be a fantastic book to read. Um, the Naked Now is one. Jesus's Plan for a New World is another. Um, he's a really just insightful, beautiful man. So I guess I'll recommend that someone check out if you have kind of a existential or spiritual, mystical dimension to who you are, those would be good books to find. Then the last question is, what advice do you have um, to teenagers? For teenagers, well, first off is to enjoy life. Um, <laughs> I know there's a lot of pressure being young right now. I hear a lot of how much anxiety there is and how much pressure there is. There's a lot of big you know, even global problems you're having to think about as you're getting older. So I hope you can find some uh, ways to just relax and enjoy, you know, take care of your bodies, take care of your mental health. Um, that's a really important uh, self-care practice for young people. Uh, and then also find your passion. I'll, I'll put a, uh, a plug behind that because I think you, I mean, this, podcast like you've turned it from nothing to you were telling me all about all the people that you've interviewed the number of episodes that you have the audience that you've built like I know that takes a lot of work and so the passion that you have for this kind of project like I just find that inspiring everybody has can find their passion and at the end of the day what the world needs is young people who found their passion and turn that into a career turn that into you know, ways to contribute to your community. So get some rest, enjoy life, and then also find your passion and pursue it. Well, yeah. That, um, thank you so much for coming on, Mr. Solomon. It was great to have you on. We talked about all kinds of stuff, um, especially how to help with the rising homelessness and what my generation can do. Um, guys, I'll link New Beginnings and everything else, all their social media below in this episode and their website. So definitely go check that out. Um and with that, thanks for coming on. Taylor, it was great. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for listening to that episode. Hopefully you enjoyed it. If you want to support Aiming for the Moon, please give it five stars and subscribe to the podcast. And if you're interested in checking out more of what I'm doing, go to aimingforthemoon.com, where my behind-the-scenes substack will be linked. Also, any of the books mentioned throughout this episode will be linked below through an Amazon affiliate link, so that'll help support the show. And if you want to see visual aspects and upcoming episodes of Aiming for the Moon, follow us on Aiming for Moon at Twitter or Instagram. And four is the number, by the way. And with that, 
set your sights high, and aim for the moon. Also, thanks for listening.